0: Welcome to 49ers Access, my name is Sterling Bennett, and this is episode number 54 of the podcast, and today we're going to react to the 49ers Week 9 defeat at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals, we're going to discuss the impact of Mike McGlinchey's season-ending injury, and get into the state of the franchise of the 2021 San Francisco 49ers, but to begin today's show, I have a question to ask. Who are you? It's a question that was asked in 1978 by the British rock band The Who. It's a question I, and I'm sure alongside myself, you would also say you've been asked in almost every single interview setting. Another way to put it is, how would you describe yourself? So my question to Kyle Shanahan would be, Kyle Shanahan, how would you describe this team? How would you describe the 2021 San Francisco 49ers? How would you describe yourself as a play caller, as a head coach? How would you describe this team where it currently sits? My answer to you would be, I do not believe Kyle Shanahan can sit in front of you, sit in front of this fan base, and give you an honest answer as to what the identity of this team is, who this team truly is. And the identity of a team, the identity of a person is very important to the success of said person of said team. If you don't know who you are as a person, usually in life you will not find success. It's a reason why young people have to go to college to find themselves have to leave home to find who they truly are, who they truly want to be in life. It's why when men and women in the 40 to 50 range have identity crisis, they've lived their entire life one way, but it's not working. Maybe you lose a job, maybe something changes, maybe you lose a loved one who you've been close to, and your entire life changes. Who you are is seemingly morphing and you don't know who you are anymore. And sometimes those are spurred by really bad things, and sometimes you can find beauty in those tragedies, in those times of crisis, of asking yourself, who am I? You then begin to find who you are. And so if I ask Kyle Shanahan this question, he might say, well, we're a run-first play-action offense. But the Niners, so far in 2021 have not been a run-first play-action offense. In fact, since Kyle Shanahan took over in 2017, the pass-to-run splits indicate actually how good the Niners will be that year, or currently are, in this season. The breakdown since Kyle Shanahan was named head coach in 2017 begins with the pass-snap percentage, how many passing plays Kyle Shanahan has run as the head coach slash offensive coordinator slash play caller in San Francisco. In 2017, prior to Jimmy Garoppolo being named the starting quarterback, the Niners had a 645 so 65.5% pass play percentage. That is first in the NFL, far from what Kyle Shanahan's identity as an offense should be, usually is, says what it should be. Now, after Jimmy Garoppolo, 61.44%. That is sixth in football in 2017 as a whole. They dropped five spots down when Garoppolo was named the starting quarterback. Now, they won five straight games. In 2018, Garoppolo gets hurt. They had a 57.83, nearly a 58% pass play snap percentage, 18th in football. Looks more how Kyle Shanahan wants his offense to be run. You're passing the ball less and less because your run game is successful. In 2019, Garoppolo's finally back from the injury. It is the only winning season in Kyle Shanahan's tenure in San Francisco. A 50.7 pass play percentage. That ranked 31st in football. The Niners passed the football the second least in the league that year. Yet, they were the most successful team in the NFC and were nine minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. 2020, injuries to every single, almost every single player of the team, every single roster spot was banged up from the top to the bottom. The Niners then regressed. 57.94%, back to 18th ranked in the NFL in pass play percentage. Another losing season. Now in 2021, the Niners are 0-4 at home, and they're 3-5 on the year. Their pass play percentage is 57.4%. They ranked 20th in pass play percentage. Just slightly better than last year's injury-riddled disaster of a team. 2017, a losing season until Garoppolo came along. 2018, a losing season after Garoppolo got hurt. 2019, the only winning season in the Lynch, Shanahan, and Garoppolo era of San Francisco... 2020, another losing season in 2021, two games under 500, 0 0-4 at home. In 2019, this Niners passing team, this Niners offense, passed the ball 50.7% of the time. Again, 31st in the NFL. The Niners offense was nearly a 50% split running and passing the football, cohesively, Working together. When Kyle Shanahan would say we're a run-first play-action offense, what he's talking about is the 2019, the most successful, the pinnacle of my head coaching career, that's what we were. Again, the Niners this year, 57.4% in pass-play percentage. Ranks 20th in football. Now, you can say, well, they're playing from behind, and the opponents and how they scheme matter. Of course they do. But it's abundantly clear. The Niners and how they wish to describe themselves is not how they are currently playing football. They have no identity. How they used to define themselves is no longer who they are. The common thread here is, when they get away from who they are, They are not a good football team. In fact, they are a career losing team under Kyle Shanahan. So it goes back to my question Who are the 2021 San Francisco 49ers? Some might say they're awful. In fact, they're not awful. They are not a bad football team, they are three and five. Some might want to use the term eliminated. Well, in fact, they're not quite eliminated just yet. They're one game out of a playoff berth with nine games remaining. With an easy schedule ahead of them, actually. Jacksonville, Minnesota, Houston, Seattle, who are not as good this year. Cincinnati, who is inconsistent. The Titans, who yes, beat the Rams, but also lost to the Jets. And who do not have Derrick Henry. Again, the question is, who are the 2021 San Francisco 49ers? And I want to take you back to 2017 to try to figure out who this team is, who Kyle Shanahan is, who John Lynch is. In 2017, Kyle Shanahan was hired as the head coach of the 49ers after a rough few years post-Harbaugh. Jim Tom Sula, six and eleven as a head coach. Chip Kelly, two and fourteen as a head coach. A one year tender of Kelly led to Shanahan becoming the head coach. Then came Lynch and they released, I think, what is now, at least in my eyes, I don't want to say infamous, but more so ironic. Because Lynch and Shanahan released a video on social media saying to the Niner fan base, we are going to get this team, this organization back on track. We're going to win championships. We are going to do our best to steer the ship back on track. We are going to hopefully reestablish the Red and Gold as a dominant organization amongst the NFL's best. And at that point in time, I think every Niner fan, even if you had skepticism towards the duo of Shanahan and Lynch, you said, these are people I can get behind. This is a duo I can believe in. They have to prove it to me first, but I can believe in this team. In 2017, it wasn't pretty, but it was the first year. So you can excuse the failures at the beginning of the season. Then Garoppolo came along and gave this team... Fresh legs. Gave them a new hope of we may have that franchise quarterback. Then Garoppolo gets hurt in 2018. Then there was another excuse. Well, Garoppolo's hurt. We just signed Richard Sherman. Buckner and Armstead look better. The defense is improving. We may not be a contender next year, but the building blocks are there. In 2019... We all know how surprising it was to see a team that went 13-3 and was nine minutes away from winning their first championship in over 20 years. That's how exciting it was and how refreshing it was to see a plan finally executed as a head coach and GM combination in this franchise. We've dealt with the Tom Sulas, the Kellys, the success with the Harbods that was unfortunately very short-lived, the Mike Nolans, the Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers debacle, the Dennis Erickson failure as head coach. We've seen that since Steve Mariucci left, since the era of Jeff Garcia and Trill Owens, since Steve Young departed. We've seen failure, and as a franchise, coming from the Tom Sula and Kelly era. Finally seeing success again made everything seem okay. It made us believe that this duo had everything we had been looking for for over 20 years. Now, the end result wasn't the greatest. Again, nine minutes away, a heartbreak loss in Miami. But there was still optimism There was a belief, a trust factor, into who this team is. In the identity of this team. A run-first, play-action offense with a dominating defense that parallels some of the greatest defenses in football history. Then 2020 happened. The injuries. COVID. The fires. The disaster that was 2020 you can, again, excuse that failure. Just like we can excuse 2017 and 2018, we can excuse 2020. And it made us think 2019 was who we truly were as a franchise, who we truly were as a team, as a roster. 2021 then comes along and we make this massive trade for a franchise quarterback of the future who I do strongly believe will be that. We invested in players that we thought could be, maybe not franchise cornerstones, but could aid us in a one-year adventure with Jimmy Garoppolo. His send-off could be a one-year successful season of playoff football in Santa Clara once again prior to us sending him off into the distance, into the sunlight, to go play elsewhere while Lance takes over the franchise. Well, now we're in 2021. All the prior belief of Super Bowl contender are gone. They are wasted away alongside any hope of trust in Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. The promise of Getting this organization back to the pinnacle of what it used to be. Getting it back to a dynasty is no longer existent in the realistic realm of expectations. This team is 3-5, and five, a below 500 team. Kyle Shanahan is 32-40 and 40 as the 49ers head coach. He has a 44% win percentage since 2017. 2019 seems more like the outlier than the identity of this team. Now, I myself is not calling for Kyle Shanahan to get fired. It's not my place to call for a head coach to get fired. I'm not going to run down Demeco Ryans for the defensive failures of this team. I'm not going to run roughshod shop to Jimmy Garoppolo or this r- roster, despite Josh Norman, who we, we will talk about. But the question again is, who is this team? Is this a team that was 13 and three and nine minutes away? Or is it a team who is once again under 500? With the head coach and GM, who, for a lack of better terms, haven't learned from the mistakes of their past. Over reliance on injured players. The stubbornness of a young head coach rather than a grizzled vet. And those things carry on to the field itself the best example being Josh Norman in yesterday's game against the Cardinals. Again, I do not like calling for someone's job. It's, again, not my place. I'm not the GM. I'm not the head coach. I'm not the owner of the 49ers. But what I am is a fan who has played sports for a long time, deeply cares about this team, and also knows... When a player does not deserve to play any longer. Josh Norman yesterday cost this team. Now in the grand scheme of things, didn't cost us too much. didn't cost us the victory itself. Many things played a factor in the loss. Fumbles, interceptions, dropped passes. Many things happened in yesterday's game that caused it to be a loss. But enough's enough. Josh Norman is a player who I liked 10 years ago. He's a player who I can forgive for penalties. I I could chalk it up to it being physical defense. That's who Josh Norman is, a scrappy defensive back who isn't afraid to get physical. But unlike Richard Sherman, who came from that bygone era just 10 years ago that was a physical corner like Norman who wasn't afraid to talk it up, be cocky, get in the face of an opposing player. As Niner fans, we saw it firsthand. Crabtree and Sherman was the talk of the town for two to three years in Santa Clara, in San Francisco, and also in Seattle. The difference is Richard Sherman learned to adapt how he played football. He was not a player of instinct. He was a player of adaptability. He was someone who could look in the mirror and say, I have to change how I play to continue my success. I have to change. Not the league, not the world. I have to change. Josh Norman is not that player. Josh Norman is a player who stands up there and says, well, I am who I am and you can't change me. Those people get left in the dust. Especially in a league where that style of play, that physical style of play is no longer warranted and is in fact penalized. It has now become apparent that it's not just physical defense on behalf of Josh Norman It's a lack of discipline. And undisciplined defense is something a rookie who is 21 years old, fresh out of college, plays. Not a 10-year veteran. I would rather play Lenore and Ambry Thomas and let them make mistakes out of ignorance rather than stupidity. Again, I'm not saying fire Josh Norman or release Josh Norman. What I'm saying is Josh Norman's play on Sunday was the epitome of a team that does not have an identity. Shanahan himself said, I did not agree with not putting him back out there in the second half. Shanahan himself, out of desperation, I would like to think, Of needing this win... Did not want to play... Drake Kirkpatrick. Because he knows... Norman, despite his faults... Is better... Than Drake Kirkpatrick. But they decided... Collectively that... Josh Norman... Will not play... The remainder of the game. And I'm okay with that. And if Josh Norman... Was cut today... Or tomorrow... Or Wednesday... Or Thursday... I'd also be okay with that. But again... Josh Norman's penalty his antics on Sunday against the Cardinals was the perfect example of a team who does not know who they are. If you watch the replay of the game and watch that certain situation with Norman and Cliff Kingsbury on the sideline, look at everyone's face. No one taking action. Norman, in this case being the, for lack of better terms, the crazed defender Getting it in certain players' face, yelling at them. When a, a veteran of six plus years in Tavon Wilson walks up to him and says, Cut it out. We got to stop and tries to pull him off the field, Norman yells and gets in his face. This is no longer a team that has leadership. And when leaders try to stand up, they are loudly shouted down at. There is no voice of reason. There is no voice of leadership. You can no longer lead by example when the loudest voices in that room are the ones making the most mistakes. Again, who are the 2021 San Francisco 49ers? Are they the team that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch promised they would try to be in 2017 when they took this job? Are they the 2019 version of the 49ers that is the only winning season under Kyle Shanahan? Or are they the 2017, 2018, 2020, and 21 49ers that lack direction? And I can even argue that in 2017, 2018, forgivable seasons due to there actually being a visual path to success, building blocks to success. And the empire this Niners team tried to build with Shanahan and Lynch is slowly crumbling. Yes, it is rebuildable. You can replace certain players, replace certain coaches that can become firm and strong foundations For the dynasty they hope to build. Trey Lance eventually replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. Is hopefully and I believe is going to be one of them. Despite. Despite. Jimmy Garoppolo actually playing. His best two weeks of football. Since 2019. Since 2017. The one player. This fan base hounded. All offseason who the head coach himself, GM themselves, tried to replace actively with every quarterback option on the market. Whether it was Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, drafting Trey Lance. And even if they're justified in doing so, the one person they tried to get rid of the most in the last two weeks has been the most consistent player on the field. In fact, Jimmy Garoppolo has been the highest rated quarterback over the last two weeks. Who are the 2021 San Francisco 49ers? In one word, I would say directionless. That's where this team is currently at. This season is a disaster. This season has been an ultimate failure from every single aspect. And the people that we tried, as a fan base collectively, even if you were pro-Jimmy, anti-Jimmy, pro-Shanahan, anti-Shanahan, the few players we we tried to jettison off into the ether are actually the ones playing the most consistent football. Jimmy Garoppolo. Having a good season. Mike McGlinchey, prior to the injury, was having an improved season. The players we quote unquote hated the most as a fan base, that were divisive amongst fans, are the ones having their best years. Nick Bose is back having his best season. And guess what we're doing as a team? Because of a lack of direction, we are wasting. What is supposed to be a year of a one year adventure with Garoppolo, capitalize and get that draft value back. But that raises another issue the draft value. We can always get draft picks, right? We can always get draft picks. And I understand that conversation. That's a conversation I've had myself with well, Garoppolo when you eight, nine games, you're the six seven seed in the playoffs, you can sneak in, maybe, maybe you beat a team, for all we know. You can always trade him for a third or second round pick. Well, here's the issue. As a rebuilding team in 2017-2018, you could argue, well, draft picks should always play. Because you're trying to figure out who's going to be a franchise player or who's going to be a failure who is going to be a role piece, who is going to be a practice squad guy. But in 2021, where after a disastrous season like 2020, you're supposed to retool the roster, revamp, to become successful in the future, to have a successful 2021. Aaron Banks has not played a single snap this season. He was your second round pick. You, in fact, traded back while you let Asante Samuel get picked in front of you. Who was playing phenomenal football for the Chargers. The one area we've had to bring in multiple veterans to replace injured players. To replace struggling rookies. Aaron Banks has not played a single snap at right guard all year, which has now become your biggest weakness next to right tackle. Trey Sermon has not played the last three games, despite Noraheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell having many injuries, and Jermichael Hasty being a rather non-impactful player on the field. And can someone explain to me why Knowing Elijah Mitchell's hurt, knowing Jermichael Hasty, has been a non factor. Why did San Francisco possibly rush Jeff Wilson Jr. back to being active off the pup list following a knee injury while not giving him any snaps on Sunday, having Mitchell rush eight times, and Jermichael Hasty having one touch? On the ground, but Trey Sermon was not active. He was a third round pick, who they traded up for. Ambry Thomas has not played since week one. Despite Josh Norman, despite Drake Kirkpatrick, despite Dante Johnson still getting snaps. Despite Verrett being hurt week one. And there was even talks that the Niners tried to trade Thomas for a veteran cornerback at the trade deadline. Now I can't confirm or deny those talks, but it's a rumor out there that I would not I would not doubt actually happened. So the draft picks this team hopes to secure back for Garoppolo. They're not even using the draft picks they had this past year. What makes the fan base think you can use the draft picks for Garoppolo any better? And you're three and five now. You're one of the worst teams in football, likely going to lose against the Rams on Monday Night Football. You could be three and six. A disastrous season continuing with losses. And you don't have your first round picks. Again, directionless as a franchise. Now there may be things going on behind the scenes we don't know. That we're not privy to. And that's fine. It's none of our business to know. What we do know is, this is mismanagement to the 10th degree. This is a head coach, a GM, that from the outside looking in, do not know what they're doing. The offensive line is now in shambles. Daniel Brunskill, your starting right guard over Aaron Banks who can't even buy himself a snap, allowed five pressures and two sacks on Sunday against the Cardinals. Tom Compton, who came in to replace Mike McGlinchey, four pressures and one sack. In a shortened period of play. Trent Williams, who is a phenomenal left tackle. Four pressures and one sack. Lakin Tomlinson, a solid left guard. Three pressures, one sack. And Alex Mack, who you can argue, out of the four veteran offensive linemen, out of Williams, Tomlinson, and McGlinchey, he may have struggled the most thus far this year, Based on chemistry with the snaps and pressures allowed. And run blocking. He allowed just two pressures. He was the veteran presence you wanted. Everyone else failed. On Sunday. Five total sacks and 18 pressures. And now your right tackle is now done for the season. We I mean, can talk about Mike McGlinchey. Torn quad, done for the year, per Adam Schefter. But McGlinchey... had a phenomenal season thus far. It wasn't all pro level, but it was better than what McGlinchey had done in the past. He had gained more weight, I think it was around 20 to 30 pounds. And he was playing up to first-round talent, despite the hate he gets. In 275 pass-blocking snaps this season... He only allowed 13 pressures in two sacks. Again, his replacement, Tom Compton, who should not be his replacement, it should be Jalen Moore, and if Tom Compton sees that team, it further proves my point of directionless management from the 49ers. Tom Compton had, in 35 pass-blocking snaps, four pressures in one sack. Awful football awful. And it gets even worse from there. And the, I, I understand. How, how can it get worse, Sterling? How can it get worse? Well, according to Dr. Narav Pendaya, I hope I'm saying that right, a 95-7 the game insider for medical reasons, the key prognostic factor for Mike McGlinchey moving forward is whether the tear of the quad was in the muscle belly Versus the tendon. If it's in the tendon. The limited data suggests. Only half of the players. Who had that injury. Return to play in the NFL. Ever again. This is not just. A season ending injury. In the limited data they have. This could be a career Ending injury has a 50 50 chance to be career ending. And this is nobody's fault, but your 2017 first round draft picks are not there anymore. Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster. Your 2019 draft pick, or excuse me, 2018 draft pick in McGlinchey, has a 50 50 chance to never play again. Your 2019 first round draft pick, Nick Bosa, phenomenal, but has injury history. Your 2020 first round draft picks, Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk. One is finally blossoming into the receiver we thought he should be to start the season. And the other is on IR with a knee injury and has been labeled a bust already by this fan base. And your 2021 first round draft pick is not seeing the field consistently. Now, there are better reasons for Lance not to see the field. So in that case, your second round pick ain't playing. Your third round pick doesn't get many snaps from running back it hasn't played in the last three weeks. And your third round pick in a cornerback hasn't played since week one. What makes the fan base think, well, despite how bad it's been this year, there's always next year, No, no, no. And again, I'm very much a pessimistic person who has tried to stay positive the entire year. I still believe there is hope for this team. We can beat Minnesota. might be harder than we think it would be, but we can still beat them. It's Kirk Cousins. (laughs) We can beat Jacksonville. We can beat Houston. We can beat Seattle. We played them extremely well the last time we played them In Santa Clara. But this Niners team. Under Lynch. Under Shanahan. Directionless. Everything they tried to sell us on. In 2017. Has come full circle again. We are. Not a rebuilding team. We are playing as bad. As a team in limbo that does not have a direction. And you can argue, well, the direction is Trey Lance. And to a certain extent, I would agree with you that Trey Lance is the future of this team. He will be the starting quarterback likely next year if he's ready to go. But what you cannot do, and this is the worst possible outcome, is sell this team on winning in 2021 Moving Garoppolo for draft picks. Starting Trey Lance. Only for all of that to unravel because Lance isn't ready yet. To have to bring back Garoppolo, pay him a large sum of salary, which I do like Jimmy and think if they want to bring him back next year, that is what it is. But the best outcome will be to trade Jimmy for those picks. Let the picks this year flourish next year. Let your next year's picks flourish play and flourish as well and learn the game of of football in the NFL. But what's more likely based on what we've seen since, since 2017 that Jimmy's back next year, Lance ain't ready yet. You get no picks for Garoppolo. Even the picks you do draft next year, do not play. This is what you're selling to the fan base as who you are, as your identity. The Niners are a fan base, or an organization, rather, that are in their midlife crisis. They're in their mid tenure crisis of Shanahan and Lynch. Who are we? We don't know who we are anymore. We don't have an identity. But the only one, a fan base, with myself included, that can label you is directionless. Because you have shown us nothing for the past two years, and even partial bits of 2017-2018, that have proven to be worth getting behind and standing behind. 2019 is now the outlier. This offense this year, which is supposed to be led by an offensive genius, 30th in third down percentage, 30th in fumbles lost, 29th on on on-target passes, 28th in batted passes down, 28th in drop passes, 27th in total turnovers, 19th in passing touchdowns, 18th in total points scored, 17th in rushing attempts, 14th in rushing yards, and 14th in first downs. This is a bad team that is somehow staying alive. And since 2019, since the outlier season, the Niners are 9-15. Not a good football team. Since 2017, the Niners have the worst turnover differential in football. The Jets have a minus 30. Raiders, the John Gruden-led Raiders, who is now gone, were better with turnover differential than the 49ers, who for the last two seasons, really but more so in 2019 have had a top 5 defense in football. The Raiders, a minus 32. The Bengals, who have been disastrous. Worse than the Niners, a minus 33. And the San Francisco 49ers, who many of us, including myself, deemed to be the NFC West Divisional Champions this year, prior to the season beginning. A minus 44 turnover differential since 2017 and it gets worse this further proves my point of 2019 being an outlier season as to who Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are and I'm not saying fire them by any means any means but in 2017 a minus three turnover differential that's not bad in 2018 a minus 25 turnover differential awful in 2019 again the outlier year a plus four the only season this team has had a plus turnover differential during Shanahan's tenure in 2020 back down to minus 11 we know what happened there Nick Mullins CJ Beathard Brian Allen playing corner we know what happened there that's an excusable season but what's 2021's excuse they're minus nine Players who we relied on, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, can't hold on to the football. Receivers who were previously sure-handed, Mohamed Sanu, can't catch the football. Defenders like Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and Al Shayer and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, can't get us the football back. It's just not a good team. It's a directionless team. And that brings me to the, likely the most frustrating thing about Sunday's game. It's the one thing every night podcast talked about. The one thing I talked about over and over and over again. The one thing I led the show off with prior to the game on Sunday was Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and J.J. Water not going to play. They're not going to play. Not likely to play. And on Saturday night, Sunday morning, we were told, it's confirmed, they will not play. I told you the Cardinals were going to be a dink and dunk screen style of offense. They were not going to be able to push the ball down the field. They could not be the vertical, number five passing offense they had been all season. Due to not having an MVP-caliber quarterback and one of the top receivers in football and a previous, I believe, if not three, a two-time defensive player of the year, edge Rusher. And what did the Niners do on Sunday? Well, the Cardinals did exactly what I said they were going to do. They dink and dunked and they screened their way to a victory. Colt McCoy was 22 of 26 through the air. 22 of 26. That's an 85% comp percentage. He had 249 yards and one touchdown through the air. It was a dink and dunk, screen pass style of offense, and the Niners could not stop it. James Conner. A write-off of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 96 yards rushing, 77 yards through the air, and three total touchdowns. Combined, they're making less than $3 million this season. Now, that's not to indicate whether the Niners should have signed them. It's just a very smart GM in Steve Keim buying low on really good players. I'm not saying Colt McCoy is a really good player. He came into the, the game 8-22 and 22 as a quarterback in his career. And we should have won on Sunday. I told you all 27-17. That's what I thought the score was going to be. Lo and behold, the Niners can't tackle. 10 missed tackles on Sunday. And it seemed like they were 50. It was an awful performance from the top down. And D'Amico Ryans talked about, well, we're prepping for Kyler Murray. Well, it showed. (laughs) Bunch of soft zones, couldn't tackle. Bunch of guys going for the ball instead of securing tackles on screen passes. Now I get you pick and choose when you want to go for the football. I get that. I understand. But what you don't do is not secure the tackle. Josh Norman missed tackles. Fred Warner missed tackles. Al Alshair missed a huge tackle on 3rd down, on 3rd and 18, I believe, on, on, on James Conner, which led to a 1st down. Changed the game. Let Arizona keep momentum. It was an awful defensive performance. Awful. Christian Kirk had 6 receptions, 91 yards. Antoine Wesley, 3 receptions, 62 yards. And James Conner, 5 receptions, 77 yards. Their top 3 receivers, and I can even throw in Zach Ertz. 3 receptions, 27 yards. 9 yards per average. So let's say Zach Ertz had close to 10 yards. Their top 4 receivers. 15 yards, 15 yards, 20 yards, and nearly 10 yards through the air. And they didn't have their two top targets. And their running back, their top running back, Chase Edmonds, their usual screen pass catcher running back, got hurt in the first quarter. And is going to miss three to four weeks. When I tell you it's a disaster, and you already know this, it's a disaster. It's undisciplined. But it's even worse than undisciplined. This wasn't a team that... Uh, was lacking in the ability to keep its emotions outside of Norman's debacle. This wasn't a team that we've seen that has been riddled with DPIs every single passing play. It wasn't a team like the Packers game, which penalties kept the Packers in that game with the lead. This was a team that lost the fundamentals in how to play football against a team who didn't have Arguably their four best players and at least their three best offensive players on Sunday. That's how bad it was. It goes back to my point, directionless. From the top to the bottom, who are the 2021 San Francisco 49ers? I don't think anybody knows... And I think if you ask Kyle Shanahan, I don't think he would know. You can tell in his post-game pressure, he was at a loss for words. He didn't, he couldn't really put a finger on it. He had really, he had no answer. All he could say was, I'm disappointed. Well, Kyle Shanahan, so are we. Because you told us in 2017... That what eventually came in 2019 was going to be a consistent outcome. But hopefully with a Lombardi Trophy sitting in Levi Stadium. That was a failed promise. And I get it. Tom Brady took a decade off from winning a ring. It happens. That's sports. The Giants, who were the best team in baseball this year, lost in the first round. That's sports. The difference is there was no excuses coming into this season. None. And the decisions that Shanahan and Lynch made are the cause for the downfall of this team. Injured players. Giving money to bad players. Not playing your draft picks who you invested high-quality picks in. the whole quarterback controversy in the offseason. And that even feeds into the directionless nature of Shanahan and Lynch. Maybe another word you can use is indecisive. From one week to another, we don't know what we're getting. If Raheem Mostert was not hurt, and Jeff Wilson Jr. was active on Sunday against the Cardinals, the four running backs they would have would be Mostert, Mitchell, Wilson Jr., and J. Michael Hasty. I do not believe they would still have Trey Sermon on the active roster. Now, I do not think he'll be a practice squad player, but if you're telling me your third-round pick cannot beat out an undrafted free agent of last year who has shown really no consistency in his play outside of fumbling the football maybe a few good practices here and there, that's a problem. If fans are scouting players that are producing on opposing teams that this regime passed on in the draft, that's a problem. It shows they're directionless. There is no answer for what's happening currently In Santa Clara. In the offices of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and Jed York. I love this team. I like Kyle Shanahan. I like John Lynch. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I love Trey Lance. I love this team. I'm not calling for anybody to get fired. But we are reaching that boiling point. That tipping point. And not just from a game to game basis. Not from a, you gotta win this game to get into the playoffs. Not a, this is a must win game. And Sunday was a must win game, by far. And it was an easy must win game. But we are now reaching a tipping point where people outside of the fan base, and maybe it's unrealistic, are saying, is Shanahan on the hot seat? And now, realistically, you can say, well, next year if things go awry, that's when that seat starts getting real hot. But Packer fans are asking, uh, doesn't look too pretty in San Francisco. Is that seat getting a little warm? You're having fans. My father texted me yesterday and said, fire Shanahan and Ryan's right now. Now I don't agree with that by any means. And that's coming from a person who watched his team win five Super Bowls who saw the, the epitome, the pinnacle of this franchise, of this organization. The Niners fan base knows what winning looks like. And many of you, and rightfully so to a certain degree, are tired of losing. And we sniffed winning with Harbaugh. We sniffed winning with Shanahan. And just like Harbaugh, there has been a decline in production. Now, this ship can still be corrected. Course can be corrected. But Shanahan and Lynch have to look in the mirror and decide who they want to be. Take a look at the game plan you have and ask yourself, is this the right direction for us? Because it's not working currently. This is not what was promised in 2017. This is not who you said you would be. This is not who you showed us you could be in 2019. Instead, 2021 is who you are. And it's up to you, Kyle Shanahan, you, John Lynch, to change that. Not us. Not Jimmy. Not Kittle. Not Ayuk. Not Bosa. You have to get out of your own way. It is your mistakes that are costing this franchise. Not a player, not a quarterback controversy. All the talk about, well, if we just get a quarterback, that's out the window because the quarterback is not the problem. Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday, 28 for 40. Again, goes back to the Niners are passing the ball 7% more than they would like to. 326 yards, 8.2 yards average, two touchdowns, and one pick as a pick in garbage time didn't mean much. He was sacked five times. You're not helping him out on the offensive line because your second-round pick can't play. Two fumbles from Kittle and Ayuk when it looked like the offense was moving the ball efficiently. They were moving the ball effectively, and drives were stopped instantly. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the problem in San Francisco. And it isn't a point the finger and it's your fault, it's your fault. No, no. no. It, it's a collective leadership issue. It's the thing I talked about and was scrutinized for in 2020, in 2021, in the offseason. No Buckter. No Sherman. No Staley. No Quan Alexander. No Emmanuel Sanders. Guys who were being released, or were a little older, or were traded, who are vocal and quiet leaders on this team are now gone. And Kyle Shanahan is very much a head coach that likes to let the players lead. He coaches, they lead. He makes the plays, you execute them, and he relies on veteran presences in the locker room. That's why he did not draft a left tackle over Joe Staley. That's why he traded for Trent Williams to replace him. That's why instead of drafting a center to replace Weston Richburg, he brought in Alex Mack. You can look and see, he's telling you who he is as a person, who he is as a head coach. He talked about, I don't really give these pep talks. That's why he had to get John Lynch to do it for him in Chicago. Kyle Shanahan is not this emotional go-to-war-with-leader like Harbaugh was. I'm, I'm, I'm not even comparing Harbaugh to Shanahan, but it's not Shanahan's personality. He needs a motivator because that's not him. It's not him. Shanahan would never smack on Jimmy Garoppolo's pads and his helmet and tell him, you're my quarterback, let's go win this game. You know what he'd do? He'd throw his clipboard 40 yards in the air and go, why didn't you execute that pass play? And there's valid reasons to do so sometimes. But that's not Kyle Shanahan. He's a you-do-your-job-I'll-do-my-job style of head coach. And right now, this team does not need that. They're directionless. They need a Harbaugh-esque, John Lynch-esque leader in that locker room. Jimmy Garoppolo and Fred Warner are doing their part enough to be vocal leaders. But even they, for as good of leaders as they are, they cannot collectively lead 53 men. They can only lead their units so much. And right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is doing his part to lead the offense. George Kittle's not. Debo has done a great job this year. The offensive line has had spurts of issues. The Colts game, this pass game, the Packers game. There is no leader, one leader to rally behind in that locker room. Losing Robert Sala, this is not a knock-on to Mecca Ryans. It's his first year. Losing Sala... The one guy that could set that tone defensively is gone. That is costing this team. What do you see Demeko and Shanahan doing on on the sidelines? Sitting there, clipboard in hand, looking at plays. They're not getting fired up. And it's not a knock on them. It's a personality thing. And this team right now needs an emotional leader who you will put that war paint on for and go to war with. And they do not have that. That's why they're 3-5. and And that's why they're 0-4 at home. Because that leads to a lack of execution. That leads to mistakes. And Shanahan and Ryans will close their office doors and shut the world off. And Shanahan will spend 60 minutes focusing on, well, how can we execute this one play right? That's not what this team needs. This team needs a vocal leader to get behind because right now they are directionless and that's why they're at three and five and losing again wow it's been a rough couple days the loss hurt on Sunday but I want to say I'm happy to be a part of this fan base I love this team I love this organization And for any injury news, any updates, follow us on social media at 49ers.access. Twitter, 49ers underscore access. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends about this podcast. We need to find direction again. And Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are the only people that can steer this ship correctly before it sinks into the ocean. Now, if they make changes and they decide to cut Josh Norman or pick their right tackle of the future, again, you're going to want to follow us on social media at 49ers Access. That's that's Instagram. The Twitter, 49ers underscore Access. You are not going to want to miss an update, a hot take. A fun conversation is being had on those platforms in this community. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Leave that review. Help this podcast go up the charts. That's how these platforms grade and push the podcasts out for people to hear. And tell them, hey, you gotta hear this guy talk about Niners. <laughs> he knows what's going on. My name is Sterling Bennett. I'm so thankful for you guys listening. And until next time, this has been the Ford er Access Podcast and stay faithful.